0: Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Curb your alibi. I'm Rebecca Lieb.
1: I'm Jason Horton.
2: And this is Ghost Town.
1: For America, baseball is a pastime. For Juan Catalan, oh, man. it's a lifesaver.
0: I could be, you know, on death row right now.
1: In May of 2003, 16-year-old Martha Puebla was shot to death on the doorstep of her home in Sun Valley, California. There was one sole eyewitness who fled, fearing for their life, but left their cell phone. The cell phone got traced back to the owner and... When the owner described who they thought the assailant was, the description matched Juan Catalan. Just days prior, Puebla testified in court about two murders allegedly committed by her ex-boyfriend, Jose Ledesma, and Catalan's brother, Mario. Catalan was doing this as retribution because she was testifying against his brother. She never identified them in court, so there really is no technical connection. Mm-hmm. They're just making an assumption that my brother did this crime previous to her being killed, and it was retribution for that. Yeah. But again, that's just a theory. Yeah. And that plus an eyewitness describing someone that looked like Juan Catalan Mm -hmm. was enough. Yeah. Mm. So Catalan was arrested, interrogated, but he said, I didn't have anything to do with this. This is a couple of months later, and they're where were you? That night, and he mm-hmm. was like, "I don't know where he couldn't recall where he was." <laughs> it was a couple of months ago. It was like, "Where were you on I guess. Tuesday again?" Without you know, we say like, "Oh, I know where I was because you can look at your texts, right?" Your yeah. I mean, where were you on the first Tuesday of you know three months ago?
2: Yeah, I mean, can you
1: tell me off the top of your head?
2: First, no, I can't. I can't do that. But I bet if yeah, I I could be able to go back and check those things right. pretty easily. But
1: in 2003, I guess maybe you could check text messages. Provide, I mean, you know, assuming... I mean, I got a cell phone in 2002 yeah, first. It's hard check. to think of it and like, be like, well, I don't understand. Just, just go on DoorDash. even the last mm-hmm. time you ordered something was Check your passion planner. <laughs> we take some of those things for granted. Because even at first, I'm kind of like, oh, we should be able to figure that out. It's like, I-, I wouldn't know just asking me, where were you the first Tuesday or Wednesday, pick a day, you know, three mm-hmm. months ago. I-, I mean, I don't... I could theorize where I was. I mean, I definitely wasn't on planet Mars. I could tell you that. I definitely wasn't cruising around in a Rolls Royce. I mean, there's things I could eliminate, but there's... I can't definitively say where I was during a time frame. And again, it's during a time frame.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, you go back and you'd be like, oh, it was a weekend. Maybe I was at home. You know, like a weekday. Maybe I was at work. Like kind of generalized things.
1: I think the podcast serial really made me first think about that where mm-hmm. you need to know where you were like it was 1999 yeah but you're asking me to go back many many years and be like tell me exactly what happened and what you did yeah x amount of years ago it's easier said than done absolutely i know serial just needed a plug i know they needed it. yeah they're there's a little
2: up-and-coming podcast yeah you might want to check them out
1: you heard it here first mm-hmm. Juan catalan he called his girlfriend and she reminded him on that night, she's like, You went to a Dodgers game, drove right past Dodgers Stadium on the way here on purpose. Yeah. Because I was like, it's weird to go there and be like, when I enter this place and I leave this place, it's potentially gonna change my life. Yeah. We're talking about something that's not very far from where we're sitting right now.
2: Not at all. Less than a mile. We're all just like wandering around. You know, like it's yeah, we don't really attribute anything of circumstance to things until after the fact and then we're like this was actually very important this is yeah. an important moment this is an important detail you're not i mean i know a couple of people who say that they are those kinds of people that remember like everything of like every point in their life and it's like mm, bullshit
1: well listen if, if you're put to the if you're if you're put to it where you might be on death row let's see how accurate you are and mm-hmm. and and, and If you can really prove that, like pretty specifically, when you're put to the test, yeah, it's a different story. Yeah, you know, just saying that, being like, "I'm really good at that" in a job interview, (laughs) yeah, it it isn't as much. Totally. But he was in the night in question that he was at Dodger Stadium watching a game with their six year old daughter. His girlfriend had tickets to the game, but that's not proof. Yeah, you know, that's doesn't hurt, but it's not enough.
2: Also, like, what? It's not like you can check your online. You know, you have stubs, maybe. And somewhere. even then,
1: it's you know, you could have bought a ticket. True. On purpose, and you know, you could have bought a plane ticket from somewhere too. It doesn't mean yeah. you were got on that plane and left. For sure. His attorney, Todd Melkin, contacted San Fernandez, the senior vice president of the Dodgers, to see the video footage because the Dodgers they, they take a lot of video footage.
2: Yeah, for sure. You kiss don't cam.
1: Know, yeah, kiss cam. I'm on the kiss cam. And you never know what they. You want to make sure you can, you know, catch any foul ball or or mm-hmm. anything or if there's any celebrities there or whatever. It's, it's pretty well videotaped even in 2004. Yeah. So they had access to it, poured over for hours. There was some where they kind of recognized him because you can just go probably to the, the section at least. Yeah. But the resolution wasn't great. Mm-hmm. And again, not enough, probably enough to – slow things down as far as him getting sentenced, yeah. but not enough to exonerate.
2: Damn, we we talk about so many cases where there's like no evidence and cases where there's tons of evidence. This is pretty good. I mean, this is pretty good for me considering all of the cases we've talked about that people have been like booked for lesser things.
1: But of course, they want a conviction. Oh, I did my job. Well, now now you have to do it again. Yeah. They don't want to do True. that. Understandably, I mean, you want to solve cases.
2: Sure, but you don't want to dig deeper to do that.
1: This is where Curb Your Enthusiasm comes in, and Larry David saves the day. So Juan Catalan remembered, he's like, oh, there was a film crew filming outside of my section. Found out the information pretty easy. They were filming episode six of season four of Curb Your Enthusiasm that day. And we'll find out what that episode entailed after the break.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well.
1: So I'm going to describe the episode of season four, episode six, Carpool Lane.
2: This is one of the only episodes. I'm not a big Kerger enthusiasm fan, to be honest. If I wanted to be around a bunch of neurotic Jews, I would just go back to my family in Wisconsin.
1: But I will say is that I, I think because people assumed people assumed that I love Woody Allen. Mm-hmm. and i've never really liked woody allen movies i don't mm-hmm. care you know what i mean it's this before i just was like oh some of them are fine but i'm not like a big i think they assume because i'm like neurotic they're like you mm-hmm. must love this and again it's like why do i want to look at this this makes me more yeah agitated yeah
2: i also wouldn't say i mean i know this is you know like part of whatever you're not that neurotic no
1: it's you're pretty it's, laid back yeah i i think it's because of how also a lot of how i portray myself mm-hmm. i've done and you know youtube videos or things that I've, like, auditioned for. they're just like, oh, this is that guy. Mm-hmm. But Kirby Enthusiasm, I gave it a shot a couple of times. I was like, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't like this show.
0: Wow. And
1: I forced myself to watch it. Even season one, I was like, I don't like this show. It's okay. Mm-hmm. I see why people like it. Listen, I thought Seinfeld was great. I, I like Seinfeld, yeah. you know. I wasn't the number one Seinfeld fan, but I, but I enjoyed it. Yeah. After season one, after I got over that hump, I really – I would say within an 85% success rate, really enjoyed it. Yeah. So, you know, I thought some of it was forced, but overall, I did enjoy it. I'm going to explain the episode. If you don't know the characters, doesn't matter. This is just an example of what the episode was about that potentially saved a man's life. I want to see if I can get through it without you smirking. I'm already smirking.
2: I'm already smirking.
1: Marty Funkhauser's dad dies, but he decides he will still use the Dodgers season tickets at an upcoming game that Larry wants to attend. Cheryl surprises Larry with tickets, but he's been called for jury duty. So he makes a racist comment during jury selection to get out of jury duty. He also buys marijuana for his father, who has glaucoma. Larry fears being late for the game, picks up a prostitute named Monena. He, I believe when I remember, he stopped looked for directions. She's a prostitute. And he doesn't want her sexual services, but he does want her services so he can take the carpool lane mm-hmm. so he can make it on time. They're seen together at the game by two men who interviewed Larry and Cheryl for admission to a country club. After the game, Marty puts on Larry's jacket and is arrested for the marijuana possession. Larry, Monena, and his father then smoke Monena's supply of marijuana together. Larry comes forward... On Marty's behalf, and appears before the same judge who oversaw the jury selection. So that's the episode. HBO told Juan Catalan's lawyer, sure, view all the footage we have. They found what it was looking for. It was a shot of Catalan and his daughter heading back to their seat from the concession stand. There you go. getting one of those famous Dodger dogs. Oh, yeah. And David comes up the aisle in front of them. So they actually cross. Wow. In his section.
2: Did he make an? Did he sign an appearance release? Probably not. Curb your enthusiasm.
1: HBO. I'm sure the Dodgers put up one sign saying, <laughs> "Well, they there is signs that saying you could be videotaped. Yeah, you know, I you're guess showing up so. to a place of your own free will. I'm sure it's on the, the tickets and and the terms of service is all over the place. You don't think Larry David would try to get like people to work for free? Take so he can make a buck? Would advantage you
2: advantage of people who aren't millionaires? No, that doesn't sound like him.
1: Okay, but the prosecutors were like, still. We're not into Jesus. it because they're saying that when he could have been at the game mm-hmm. during the time frame and during that scene, which they have time codes for, he still could have committed the murder.
2: Oh my god!
1: In theory, <sighs> but there was one more thing that Catalan made a phone call from the stadium at the time of the murder, which he could like he could not have committed the crime and also made this phone call at the same time, and yeah. that was enough.
2: Good. They weren't thinking he called someone to commit the crime or anything.
1: Like, I think the phone call was – maybe it was to his girlfriend okay. or wife. I think it was at that point. It's like, here's the thing. You've got to get this in front of a jury. Yeah. The jury's got to be like, no, even though I see him in this TV show when this – you know, oh versus would be happening. Um, we still think he did it. I Insane. mean, you'd have to be – I think so they're probably thinking like, do we have a case? Because – his lawyers going to be like, well, yeah, we're going to go to trial. Yeah. <laughs> you know, then why would you plea down something when you have a ton of evidence?
2: Yeah, totally. This is, I mean, I'm so frustrated just hearing this.
1: And the charges were dismissed. He was released. In 2007, Catalan received a $320,000 settlement from a lawsuit against the city of L.A. and the police. Yes. And there is a little documentary on Netflix called Long Shot about, the, about this.
2: I want to watch that. About this case. Fuck yeah.
1: Also, you're kind of left with this stigma of being somebody – when you look his name up, it's like, oh, you're yeah. the one of, accused of murder. Yeah, you got away with it. And again, I don't know how much of his – you can't tell how much of your life is better off or worse off. I think, you know, probably he might have trouble getting employment because they're like, yeah, no, you did get off on this. But like, what if you did do it? exactly that's the thing
2: you are stigmatized for the rest of your life if you are the even the most innocent but just because the media picks up on it and that's why like yeah i'm glad like the city of la gave him some fucking money because he deserved it but holy shit i don't know how much more evidence you want than literal video of a guy not being at the scene
1: also the crime took place in 1923 so he hadn't been born yet but is that enough
2: book him.